Chapters thirty eight and thirty nine of Rasselas, Prince of Abyssinia. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Martin Giessen. Rasselas, Prince of Abyssinia, by Samuel Johnson. Chapter thirty eight. The Adventures of the Lady Pequa at what time and in what manner i was forced away said pekuah your servants have told you the suddenness of the event struck me with surprise and i was at first rather stupefied than agitated with any passion of either fear or sorrow my confusion was increased by the speed and tumult of our flight while we were followed by the turks who as it seemed soon despaired to overtake us or were afraid of those whom they made a show of menacing when the arabs saw themselves out of danger they slackened their course and as i was less harassed by external violence i began to feel more uneasiness in my mind after some time we stopped near a spring shaded with trees in a pleasant meadow where we were set upon the ground and offered such refreshments as our masters were partaking i was suffered to sit with my maids apart from the rest and none attempted to comfort or insult us here i first began to feel the full weight of my misery the girls sat weeping in silence and from time to time looked on me for succour i knew not to what condition we were doomed nor could conjecture where would be the place of our captivity or whence to draw any hope of deliverance i was in the hands of robbers and savages and had no reason to suppose that their pity was more than their justice or that they would forbear the gratification of any ardour of desire or caprice of cruelty i however kissed my maids and endeavoured to pacify them by remarking that we were yet treated with decency and that since we were now carried beyond pursuit there was no danger of violence to our lives when we were to be set again on horseback my maids clung round me and refused to be parted but i commanded them not to irritate those who had us in their power we travelled the remaining part of the day through an unfrequented and pathless country and came by moonlight to the side of a hill where the rest of the troop was stationed their tents were pitched and their fires kindled and our chief was welcomed as a man much beloved by his dependents we were received into a large tent where we found women who had attended their husbands in the expedition they set before us the supper which they had provided and i ate it rather to encourage my maids than to comply with any appetite of my own when the meat was taken away they spread the carpets for repose i was weary 
and hoped to find in sleep that remission of distress which nature seldom denies ordering myself therefore to be undressed i observed that the women looked very earnestly upon me not expecting i suppose to see me so submissively attended when my upper vest was taken off they were apparently struck with the splendour of my clothes and one of them timorously laid her hand upon the embroidery she then went out and in a short time came back with another woman who seemed to be of higher rank and greater authority she did at her entrance the usual act of reverence and taking me by the hand placed me in a smaller tent spread with finer carpets where i spent the night quietly with my maids in the morning as i was sitting on the grass the chief of the troop came towards me i rose up to receive him and he bowed with great respect illustrious lady said he my fortune is better than i had presumed to hope i am told by my women that i have a princess in my camp sir answered i your women have deceived themselves and you i am not a princess but an unhappy stranger who intended soon to have left this country in which i am now to be imprisoned for ever whoever or whencesoever you are returned the arab your dress and that of your servants show your rank to be high and your wealth to be great why should you who can so easily procure your ransom think yourself in danger of perpetual captivity the purpose of my incursions is to increase my riches or more properly to gather tribute the sons of ishmael are the natural and hereditary lords of this part of the continent which is usurped by late invaders and low-born tyrants from whom we are compelled to take by the sword what is denied to justice the violence of war admits no distinction the lance that is lifted at guilt and power will sometimes fall on innocence and gentleness how little said i did i expect that yesterday it should have fallen upon me misfortunes answered the arab should always be expected if the eye of hostility could learn reverence or pity excellence like yours had been exempt from injury but the angels of affliction spread their toils alike for the virtuous and the wicked for the mighty and the mean do not be disconsolate i am not one of the lawless and cruel rovers of the desert i know the rules of civil life i will fix your ransom give a passport to your messenger and perform my stipulation with nice punctuality you will easily believe that i was pleased with his courtesy and finding that his predominant passion was desire for money i began now to think my danger less for i knew that no sum would be thought too great for the release of pekuah 
i told him that he should have no reason to charge me with ingratitude if i was used with kindness and that any ransom which could be expected for a maid of common rank would be paid but that he must not persist to rate me as a princess he said he would consider what he should demand and then smiling bowed and retired soon after the women came about me each contending to be more officious than the other and my maids themselves were served with reverence we travelled onward by short journeys on the fourth day the chief told me that my ransom must be two hundred ounces of gold which i not only promised him but told him that i would add fifty more if i and my maids were honourably treated i never knew the power of gold before from that time i was the leader of the troop the march of every day was longer or shorter as i commanded and the tents were pitched where i chose to rest we now had camels and other conveniences for travel my own women were always at my side and i amused myself with observing the manners of the vagrant nations and with viewing remains of ancient edifices with which these deserted countries appear to have been in some distant age lavishly embellished the chief of the band was a man far from illiterate he was able to travel by the stars or the compass and had marked in his erratic expeditions such places as are the most worthy the notice of a passenger he observed to me that buildings are always best preserved in places little frequented and difficult of access for when once a country declines from its primitive splendour the more inhabitants are left the quicker ruin will be made walls supply stones more easily than quarries and palaces and temples will be demolished to make stables of granite and cottages of porphyry chapter thirty nine the adventures of pekua continued we wandered about in this manner for some weeks either as our chief pretended for my gratification or as i rather suspected for some convenience of his own i endeavoured to appear contented where sullenness and resentment would have been of no use and that endeavour conduced much to the calmness of my mind but my heart was always with nekiah and the troubles of the night much overbalanced the amusements of the day my women who threw all their cares upon their mistress set their minds at ease from the time when they saw me treated with respect and gave themselves up to the incidental alleviations of our fatigue without solicitude or sorrow i was pleased with their pleasure and animated with their confidence my condition had lost much of its terror since i found that the arab ranged the country merely to get riches 
avarice is a uniform and tractable vice other intellectual distempers are different in different constitutions of mind that which soothes the pride of one will offend the pride of another but to the favour of the covetous there is a ready way bring money and nothing is denied at last we came to the dwelling of the chief a strong and spacious house built with stone in an island of the nile which lies as i was told under the tropic lady said the arab you shall rest after your journey a few weeks in this place where you are to consider yourself as sovereign my occupation is war i have therefore chosen this obscure residence from which i can issue unexpected and to which i can retire unpursued you may now repose in security here are few pleasures but here is no danger he then led me into the inner apartments and seating me on the richest couch bowed to the ground his women who considered me as a rival looked on me with malignity but being soon informed that i was a great lady detained only for my ransom they began to vie with each other in obsequiousness and reverence being again comforted with new assurances of speedy liberty i was for some days diverted from impatience by the novelty of the place the turrets overlooked the country to a great distance and afforded a view of many windings of the stream in the day i wandered from one place to another as the course of the sun varied the splendour of the prospect and saw many things which i had never seen before the crocodiles and river horses are common in this unpeopled region and i often looked upon them with terror though i knew they could not hurt me for some time i expected to see mermaids and tritons which as imlac has told me the european travellers have stationed in the nile but no such beings ever appeared and the arab when i inquired after them laughed at my credulity at night the arab always attended me to a tower set apart for celestial observations where he endeavoured to teach me the names and courses of the stars i had no great inclination to this study but an appearance of attention was necessary to please my instructor who valued himself for his skill and in a little while i found some employment requisite to beguile the tediousness of time which was to be passed always amidst the same objects i was weary of looking in the morning on things from which i had turned away weary in the evening i therefore was at last willing to observe the stars rather than do nothing but could not always compose my thoughts and was very often thinking on Nekaya, when others imagined me contemplating the sky. Soon after, 
the arab went upon another expedition and then my only pleasure was to talk with my maids about the accident by which we were carried away and the happiness we should all enjoy at the end of our captivity there were women in your arab's fortress said the princess why did you not make them your companions enjoy their conversation and partake their diversions in a place where they found business or amusement why should you alone sit corroded with idle melancholy or why could not you bear for a few months that condition to which they were condemned for life the diversions of the women answered pekua were only childish play by which the mind accustomed to stronger operations could not be kept busy i could do all which they delighted in doing by powers merely sensitive while my intellectual faculties were flown to cairo they ran from room to room as a bird hops from wire to wire in his cage they danced for sake of motion as lambs frisk in a meadow one sometimes pretended to be hurt that the rest might be alarmed or hid herself that another might seek her part of their time passed in watching the progress of light bodies that floated on the river and part in marking the various forms into which clouds broke in the sky their business was only needlework in which i and my maid sometimes helped them but you know that the mind will easily straggle from the fingers nor will you suspect that captivity and absence from Nikaya could receive solace from silken flowers nor was much satisfaction to be hoped from their conversation for of what could they be expected to talk they had seen nothing for they had lived from early youth in that narrow spot of what they had not seen they could have no knowledge for they could not read they had no idea but of the few things that were within their view and had hardly names for anything but their clothes and their food as i bore a superior character i was often called to terminate their quarrels which i decided as equitably as i could if it could have amused me to hear the complaints of each against the rest i might have been often detained by long stories but the motives of their animosity were so small that i could not listen without interrupting the tale how said rasselas can the arab whom you represented as a man of more than common accomplishments take any pleasure in his seraglio when it is filled only with women like these are they exquisitely beautiful they do not said pekua want that unaffecting and ignoble beauty which may subsist without sprightliness or sublimity without energy of thought or dignity of virtue but to a man like the arab such beauty was only a flower casually plucked and carelessly thrown away 
whatever pleasures he might find among them they were not those of friendship or society when they were playing about him he looked on them with inattentive superiority when they vied for his regard he sometimes turned away disgusted as they had no knowledge their talk could take nothing from the tediousness of life as they had no choice their fondness or appearance of fondness excited in him neither pride nor gratitude he was not exalted in his own esteem by the smiles of a woman who saw no other man nor was much obliged by that regard of which he could never know the sincerity and which he might often perceive to be exerted not so much to delight him as to pain a rival that which he gave and they received as love was only a careless distribution of superfluous time such love as man can bestow upon that which he despises such as has neither hope nor fear neither joy nor sorrow you have reason lady to think yourself happy said imlac that you that you have been thus easily dismissed how could a mind hungry for knowledge be willing in an intellectual famine to lose such a banquet as pekuah's conversation i am inclined to believe answered pekuah that he was for some time in suspense for notwithstanding his promise whenever i proposed to dispatch a messenger to cairo he found some excuse for delay while i was detained in his house he made many incursions into the neighbouring countries and perhaps he would have refused to discharge me had his plunder been equal to his wishes he returned always courteous related his adventures delighted to hear my observations and endeavoured to advance my acquaintance with the stars when i importuned him to send away my letters he soothed me with professions of honour and sincerity and when i could be no longer decently denied put his troop again in motion and left me to govern in his absence i was much afflicted by this studied procrastination and was sometimes afraid that i should be forgotten that you would leave cairo and i must end my days in an island of the nile i grew at last hopeless and dejected and cared so little to entertain him that he for a while more frequently talked with my maids that he should fall in love with them or with me might have been equally fatal and i was not much pleased with the growing friendship my anxiety was not long for as i recovered some degree of cheerfulness he returned to me and i could not forbear to despise my former uneasiness he still delayed to send for my ransom and would perhaps never have determined had not your agent found his way to him the gold which he would not fetch he could not reject when it was offered 
he hastened to prepare for our journey hither like a man delivered from the pain of an intestine conflict i took leave of my companions in the house who dismissed me with cold indifference nikiah having heard her favourite's relation rose and embraced her and rasselas gave her a hundred ounces of gold which she presented to the arab for the fifty that were promised end of chapter thirty nine recording by martin geeson in hazelmere surrey